Good afternoon. If you've taken a chance just to look around this evening, uh, enjoying the lights, um, light is actually a very uh, strong symbol uh, in the New Testament. In fact, Jesus uses the word light to refer to himself. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus also told his disciples that they too will be light. Let your light shine so, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Speaking of the light of good works, early in the 1900s, French painter Jorge Ruo put Jesus in a new light, painted Jesus in a different way, gave people a new way to see Jesus. Using layer upon layer of luminous colors and bold black lines, he brought biblical themes to life on his canvases. His shockingly powerful images expressed his profound personal faith in a living Christ. Because Rouault saw beyond the accepted pictures of, of his day, he exhibited his work with other creative, cutting-edge, artistic rebels. His glowing images of Christ, uh, healing the lame, feeding the poor, were and still are hung side by side with the landscapes by Henri Matisse and abstracts by Pablo Picasso. Though highly skilled and trained in the popular styles of his day, he turned his back on these artistic fashions to provide a fresh perspective. His style and work led to the start of the German Expressionist paintings. During his 60 years as a working artist, uh, Rouault painted many subjects, but his favorite subject by far was Jesus. His studio overflowed with hundreds and hundreds of sketches and paintings, especially of Jesus' face. When he was asked why he was so obsessed with the painting of Jesus, he said this. He says, my life's goal is to paint a portrait of Christ that is so moving that whoever looks upon it will be immediately converted. What a passion for sharing Jesus with a watching world. Tonight we celebrate what Jorge Rouault tried to capture by painting the face of Jesus. Tonight we celebrate the Advent, the coming of a redeeming God with a baby's face. Now, some of us in here Maybe we have some artistic gifts as well, but probably none of us have the proven, God-given capability of Jorge Rouault, right? But maybe there's someone in here tonight uh, who is extraordinarily gifted with artistic ability, who will one day become a world-renowned artist. And if that's you, praise the Lord. But for most of, the, most of us, that's probably not God's plan for our lives. And yet it would be great, wouldn't it, if every day we got up and we lived our lives with whatever gifts and abilities God has given us, and we do that as an act of worship. And the faith-filled acts of worship that Jorge engaged as he painted picture after picture of the face of Jesus, those were wonderful. Those were worthy efforts, even if he had never become a famous artist. 
joyfully using his God-given abilities to express his love for his Savior, the saving message embodied in Jesus. Even if that had only been a hobby, it would have been a good work. His paintings were actually artistic messages, portraits that communicate aspects of the infinite humility of God who came in a baby. His canvas-painted messages expressed the, the truth that was shared by an angel of the Lord regarding the good news of a great joy that is for all people. So, in a way, Jorge the painter was actually Jorge the angel. Well, how so? Well, the general description of an angel uh, in Scripture is a spiritual being, being who serves God and supports mankind. Angels are an order of supernatural, heavenly beings whose function it is to, is to act as God's messengers to mankind and as agents who will carry out his will here on earth. Biblical resources list a number of New Testament appearances of the angels and note that what the angels in, did in the New Testament was much like what they did in the Old Testament. So angels have been active on the earth for thousands of years. And angels are especially active in the beginning of a new work of God. There are angelic messengers in Old Testament history when God's people are being first called out as Abraham and Isaac and Jacob were born. And they appear frequently in connection with the birth of Jesus and more frequently when the kingdom is more fully being brought to fruition after the resurrection. Lots of people, even if they don't go to church much, are curious about angels. I briefly mentioned angels last Sunday, so let's just take a quick look at these rather fantastic beings. The primary purpose of an angel, I said, was to, to bring a message from God or to act in his behalf. These messages in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, sometimes they were good news, sometimes they were bad news. For instance, an angel appears three times in dreams to Joseph. The angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah regarding the birth of his son and to Mary, the birth of Jesus. An angel announces to the shepherds the birth of Jesus and a joyful um, multitude of heavenly hosts join in in a celestial song. Let's revisit that one. It was read earlier, but it's good for us to hear again. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. The angels don't stop there. Because about 30 years later, angels appear and they strengthen Jesus after he is tempted in the wilderness. And again, a few years later, during his agony in Gethsemane, 
A few days later, an angel descends to roll away the stone of the tomb to reveal that Jesus is not there. He has risen. And angels are seen by women there, including Mary Magdalene. And later, angels appear directly in dreams or visions to the apostles. And in some cases, they release the apostles, break them out of prison. At other times, they direct them. And actually, one angel inflicts Herod with sickness that ends in his death. Bad news for him. And about now, you might be thinking, Jeff, (laughs) thank you for that little angelic summary. But so what? So what? And that's a valid question. Maybe not a great attitude, but that's a valid question. So here's the so what. The biblical definition of angels is actually broader than just supernatural beings. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word angel is also applied to to human messengers. Human messengers of good intent and of evil intent. So in the wider definition, a person could be called an angel. So the the broadest biblical definition, everyone in this room could be an angel. Imagine that. Let's have some fun with this. How about you turn to someone next to you, smile, and tell them you're an angel. Take a second. All right. Well, that was fun. And if I was honest with myself, there were times when I was growing up um, uh, that I could only be described as an angel, only in the broadest terms of that. I was quite rebellious growing up. In fact, I cannot remember a time where mom and dad cupped their hands around my face and said anything, oh, you're my little angel. Not once. And for good reason. I mean, they'd be lying through their teeth. So only on the fringe of that definition of an angel could I be referred to in that way. And that raises a question for us. As we finish this year, as we prepare for the next year, what kind of angel do you want to be? Now, certainly we can't be a supernatural heavenly messenger because we are just flesh and blood. But what is great is that that even without supernatural powers, We can still be messengers that serve God and support mankind. We can bring biblical, redemptive truths to others. We can act in God's behalf to show Christ, the love of Christ, to others. And any of us who sincerely encouraged others tonight by calling them an angel, maybe we just delivered a message from God. And any of us who were sincerely encouraged by being called an angel, maybe we just received a message from God. So let's try living that out. Let's live that out. Let's genuinely live this week and next week. Let's finish this year. Let's start the new year as genuine messengers of God. But know this, to be that kind of a messenger, that kind of an angel, that takes supernatural ability that only comes from God through his greatest messenger, who was God himself, 
Jesus, who took on flesh and blood. The one we celebrate tonight has been given all power and authority to make us his his angels, his messengers to every tongue and tribe and nation on this planet. So in your corner of the world, be an angel. Be God's messenger. Speak the truth and love to each other and whoever the Lord brings across your path. Do this because the time has come. Do this not by being in the dreams and the visions of others, but by living life with others. Do this not by bringing some vague message from heaven to earth, but by bringing a saving message to your coworkers, to your neighbors, to your classmates, to your family. With your life, celebrate the birth of Jesus right here, right now. For the time has come. Let's pray. Father, help us to be a shining light. Help us to be a shining light as we celebrate this silent and holy night. May your glory stream from our hearts. May alleluias pour forth from us. May our hearts be filled with wonder. In the name of your Son, Jesus, amen.